0: Making this podcast right now so that I can cover the watershed of events that have happened, not just this week, but really over the past few months, and to really uh, clarify my thoughts around specific issues that are plaguing people today. And uh, of course, many of you may think that these issues don't play a role in your life, but I'm here to explain why they do and why it's important for not only you to know what these things are uh, but to apply things in your life to improve upon it uh, to better yourself because that's what I'm always dedicated to is personal growth and I will say upfront right now a lot of people in the uh, news and analysis space are not very personally developed they are always on the sort of um, negative Blame game, and they are constantly sort of expanding on negative consciousness, which I don't want to be a part of all of the time. I am aware that it is important to acknowledge certain things that are happening and to have your thoughts about them, but it is not always a desire for me personally to constantly emphasize on negative things and have hopeless attitudes. That is not my mindset. So As I do cover these things, it is going to be outrageous and there will be times that I feel outraged and there are times that you probably feel outraged as well, just listening to it. So I do really pray that uh, if you're listening to this right now on the podcast, continue to listen to this episode. I do feel like there's a lot on my heart that has been weighing on me that I would love to share with all of you, how I think about the world, things I've probably even been going through personally. That I believe that the podcast deserves to know, and then I'm also going to be on going on Instagram Live, which can have a number of different situations. Um, I can actually have people jump on. So if the people cutting in and out uh, might disturb the podcast itself. Uh, that's gonna be just something that might happen. So I'm not sure if people will actually join me on the Instagram Live, but there is a chance that that might happen. Otherwise, I'm just gonna be getting some comments and some referrals back on the Instagram Live. So I'm gonna go live right now on IG. Give me a second as I int- I'll introduce the uh, Instagram. Hello everybody, if you're watching this, you can listen to the entire episode on Matrix Breakers and you can find that in the link in my bio. You can go directly to Apple or Spotify or Google Podcast or uh, Anchor or Podbean, wherever you listen to podcasts. So uh, look, there's been a lot going on, a lot happening in the world. And what I'd like to do with all of you is to provide you some real perspective on how these unfolding events may actually impact your life uh, and then how you can improve upon your life and to, to build upon that to be a better person. You know, a lot of people are uh, sort of disconnected with the reality of what's happening around the world we feel that doesn't necessarily impact us. Um, and then of course there is the things that are right here in the domestic front that are impacting us directly Yet there's not a lot of outrage and there's not a lot of things happening to, uh, you know, distance ourselves from it or to get away from it. I would like to call that more so uh, in the most prevalent year that we've been in has been medical tyranny. Uh, But there are also other creeping tyrannies and uh, creeping uh, systems of control, or I would call the matrix, that have been uh, enclosing us over the past uh, couple of years uh, and then now boiling down to this next or these, uh, these past few months. So it's very, very important. And uh, look, I'm going to share with you guys my heart on a lot of issues, on a lot of things that we can we can all discuss. So if you're watching on Instagram, then feel free to chime in at any time on the comments. I would love to hear from you and uh, really just get your thoughts as well because I really want this to be a podcast dedicated to having a good conversation with different individuals. And if you're listening to the podcast right now, then feel free to jump on and and, uh, and comment or, or message me directly. You can talk to me and uh, let me know how you think on these specific issues. And there are a lot of different people that I connect with that are dealing with issues, that are dealing with diff- different things and, and handling this entire operation that we're under right now uh, in a multitude of different ways. Uh, and it's very stressful. And so I think for starters... I would like to to comment on uh, the people, especially these Americans, um, that lost their lives in a suicide attack, right? And it's interesting when you put things in perspective. I'm I'm like a combat historian. I I, I love getting into different combat parts of history and and just learning about how war happens. And uh, you know, I think that. This particular issue with what's happening in Afghanistan, I went all into that geopolitically in a previous podcast, the the, the implications. And I also predicted that Americans would die in that podcast because uh, I knew how the situation was on the ground. Um, but, you know, I just wanted to emphasize a little bit on, you know, these people that lost their lives, these are people that lost their lives when they did not need to. And I want you all to understand something about the people that lost their lives. I, I've lo- I looked through their Instagrams. I saw some of these people. I actually saw their Instagram. Uh, and these people are essentially what you would call politically uh, the deplorables, right? Uh, these are the people. These are the working class people you know, that ended up in a situation where they're having to fight – a war brought upon them by elitists who have different, different uh, goals and create narratives around those goals to uh, bring about these people into this war. Right, and this is kind of, this is kind of how we're we're dealing with this right now. Right, these soldiers that were there, they were the deplorables. They were the working class individuals that are being stepped on and being harassed the most. And I just I just find it interesting that this same exact week, the military, the Secretary of Defense came out and said that all of the military has to be vaccinated. You know, it's like, these are the people that are putting their lives on the line. These are the grundoons, you know, the grunts. These Marines, these people that died especially, they were... I mean, 21, 20, 22, uh, you know, these were very, very young people and they had their entire lives in front of them and to sit here and even just blame Joe Biden for what happened is, is, is just really missing the mark. You know, this is just another result from the endless wars and this endless carnage of Western elites who believed that they could build a democracy in Afghanistan and not have issues later down the road? There's just more bloodshed and an endless war, you know. And um, if anybody knows any history about the uh, really just the, the the warring tribes in Islam, you know, and Northern Africa and the Middle East and everything, it's it's been, it's very fascinating history but America's first war was in Tripoli. The Tripoli wars uh was the first war. It was when Thomas Jefferson was president of the United States. It was in it was uh, he was the second president of the United States. And we've been at war with the Islamic religion, ex- Islamic extremists, if you will, uh for since the country's been founded, which I think is very interesting. So you know there's a there's all these warring factions and different aspects of of you know this the religion of Islam and the people who practice it obviously. Um, but we have been for for the better of our entire life as a country, we've been at war with uh, with Islam with with that particular faith. Um, and that that's just the, that's just the nature of where we're at. But you know more importantly, I think that uh, what what the people that these people that died, are the very people that are being criticized and stepped on the most and having medical tyranny on them with the forced vaccines and all this stuff. is just so emblematic, I think, of, of what we're experiencing, you know, in this country overall. Uh, just a, a total, uh, commitment by our Western elites to constrict and to destroy the economy and the, and the livelihoods really of, uh, of Americans, of Australians, of British citizens, of European citizens. Whereas the East, uh, I would even Japan, South Korea, uh, China. You know these countries. Uh, these countries are not in lockdown anymore. China hasn't been in lockdown since April of 2020. This this whole thing was a total joke. And uh, there's another book I'm going to end up reading, based off of this exact topic: why we went to to, uh, uh, why we went through this pandemic and what was the real purpose of it. And so, yes, I wanted to start by those Marines who lost their lives. And those are families that have to deal with the repercussions of it. I think this was the, the most bloodshed in America since for the last decade. So for a whole decade, this was more bloodshed in one day that America has faced. So, and that's, that's, that's a gift actually, you know, 13 lives lost is a lot of, of lives lost when you look at that decade comparison. But in comparison to other countries who have lost many to different wars, different conflicts, it's not too much. It's actually, it's actually a positive thing overall, um, considering we're the most powerful military in the world. Um, and then obviously during Trump's reign of power, uh, we didn't really start any new wars. That's something that I think people overlook. We actually did not start any new wars under Trump. We, we ended up going to war with ISIS, but ISIS was kind of already at war with us. And so we destroyed that caliphate for the most part, uh, with different factions of it still surviving in different nations. Uh, but you know, it's kind of like, it, it, it's actually decent to think about it like that. And so really shifting the conversation over into what we're experiencing with medical tyranny, it's obvious that People feel like it's a, uh, it's endless and that people keep talking about it and that people just want it to be over with, right? Oh, I just want to get over it. Here's the problem. I don't know about you, but I personally know about now about 10 people that are either they've gotten COVID or they, um, or they're just sick in general. Okay. And a lot of them are vaccinated But even to those who I know are not vaccinated, from what I understand, this is just from what I'm reading and researching, the vaccinated people are creating the mutant strains, okay? And that is why people are are getting sick in the middle of the hottest month of the summer, right? Why are people getting flu-like illness? in the hottest month in the summer. Can, can anyone honestly explain that to me? The only difference between this year and any other year is people have been vaccinated. COVID has already been through the population. COVID was never that powerful. It was easily spreadable, but it was never that powerful. And during COVID, this is very important for you to understand. COVID-19 was never the issue. What killed people was the medical protocols for COVID-19 because they couldn't use regular treatments on COVID-19 patients. They killed them with ventilators, right? They killed them with the protocols. This is what is so significant that people are missing the death. Was because the flu, if you want to call it that, was not handled like the fucking flu. Because, here's the key. In the emergency authorization that was provided during the national emergency. The only way that an experimental drug or an experimental, what they call, medical countermeasure. Was to be approved under this emergency. Is if and only if. There are no other treatments available. That is verbatim what the emergency authorization says. They planned this out for a long time. And I'm going to get into that. I'm going to actually read a whole book dedicated to that. There's a quite a few out there, but now I'm going to read another. But look, these protocols that were, that were drawn down from this medical board, this medical tyranny that people had, It was those protocols that killed people because if people were to have taken vitamins, zinc, minerals, hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, uh, there's other great uh, blood therapies, uh, blood transfusions, people with antibodies who are giving their blood to therefore be available to people who get sick with COVID because now that you have antibodies, right? Uh, Which, by the way, the Israeli study just proved that natural immunity, meaning like you get the virus, you get the virus, and then you get over it, that's called natural immunity. Like you have an immune system, right? That is way more powerful. I think it's like three times more powerful or even more, depends on which study, than a vaccine. So I want you to think about that, okay? So going back to these protocols, that actually killed people, okay? Okay the protocols never consisted of treatment. The only thing that was approved for treatment was remdesivir. And we already know that remdesivir is this, this new antiviral treatment that Dr. Fauci just so happened to be invested in. And so I'm telling you now about the protocols and how people are really dying and how they got these death numbers so high is because they were literally, uh, I would say that the pandemic was, uh, a physician caused death, physician caused death protocol caused death. And I say that because so many people were whistleblowing, if you want to call it that out of hospitals and different situations where they basically said, look, We're trying to treat our patient with COVID uh, with different treatments that we know can help them, but the hospital won't allow it. The hospital says that this person is just gonna be in ICU until they're feeling even worse, and then we're gonna stick a ventilator down their throat, which essentially means you're making them a vegetable and you're breathing for them. You stick a ventilator down somebody, they're never gonna be the same again, and that is the protocol, and that is what killed a bunch of people. So instead of getting simple, if very inexpensive treatments and becoming cured and walking out the same day, like, at, like many people of, of old elder age of what you would call the vulnerable population who were treated correctly with COVID, they got to walk out of the hospital alive. They got to actually, you know, have a good life after that. They have antibodies and they, and they were fine. Okay. And so going back to this conversation, I just began, there are so many people now that I know personally, like I said, 10. But then I know people who know other people who everyone's fucking sick. Okay. Everyone is sick. And I have been saying this for a long time. and I want to be on the record again saying this. The vaccines are causing mutations and these strains that are coming from vaccinated individuals are what is making people sick. Okay. So when I tell you that, that sounds insane. But this is what the Israeli studies are finding out. And I'm going to make a more broad point here. The American medical system may be corrupted and may be unredeemable at this point. It may may have to be completely abolished, right? But I want you to consider this. It is going to be countries around the world that are not going to be duped into medical tyranny and not going to be duped into taking the vaccine or injecting what I would consider a biological foreign agent into the bodies of their citizens. Think about that for a second. If you're in Japan and you're running the government in Japan, why are you going to take an American pharmaceutical product that is emergency approved and inject it into... Your citizens in your country. Now, I understand you think everybody's in on the whole medical tyranny thing, but I can tell you that that is not the case. These plans to implement a medical tyranny, and more importantly, not just a medical tyranny, it's to control and consolidate wealth, okay, uh, with the different banking industries involved in this when you have all this, it's really fun for them to plan things, but the execution is very different. So the Japanese scientists who are probably the most well-respected in the medical in terms of medicine, um, they're doing their own research on the vaccine and then vaccinated populations. And this, the, the the health minister of Japan basically just came out and said, if we just treat patients with ivermectin and vitamin C and zinc, They're going to be a lot better. And so we don't want the vaccines because in the same day they came out and said that the vaccines were contaminated. Over 10 million doses of of the Pfizer vaccine were contaminated. So Japanese scientists are like, oh, gee, this is really weird. I don't think we want any of this. So what I've been saying for a little while now is it's not going to be the American establishment that's going to blow the whistle on the vaccines. We're kind of hearing some people in America obviously blowing the whistle on the vaccines. Obviously. And the, the effects that are going to have on people, uh, the, the ailments that people are going to have, right? It's the international community that is fucking pissed. Because it is an American pharmaceutical product that is being dumped in Israel like a, like a fucking Holocaust 2.0, basically. And they're, we're injecting a foreign product that is unapproved in some far-off country called America. And we're going to dump it on our citizens in Israel. I don't live in Israel. I'm just saying that if you were to do that... Just think about what the Israeli scientists are going to do. Think about the implications of medical tyranny in the Israeli and Jewish population who were under medical tyranny in World War II and prior to it, right, in Germany and Poland uh, and other places, right, where essentially Hitler's war machine was. And think about the implications of America dumping a pharmaceutical product that is to be injected into people's bodies in another nation. So, so what's happening now is Israel's pissed. The Japanese are pissed. Russia never got the vaccine and they never would take an American vaccine ever because it's a national security risk. Think about that. China has their own vaccine. Why would they take a, a, a biological agent and shove it in the arms of their Chinese citizens from an adversary, what they would call an adversary in America? It's obvious that they see it as a foreign biological weapon because that's what it is. Anybody who, even the inventor, Dr. Robert Malone, looks at mRNA technology and says, this is totally unapproved and shouldn't be in humans at all because he was a part of animal trials. He w- he invented the concept, okay? And even him, he's blowing the whistle on this stuff saying, this is insane that people are doing this and especially on a mass scale. So... Then when you have this Monday, they approved, quote unquote, I'll get into that in a second, the Pfizer vaccine, which is the vaccine that is the worst, has the mRNA technology in it, right? They decide to approve that one and leave alone the Johnson & Johnson, which is decent viral vector, normal, not mRNA. And then you have Moderna, which will get the approval, by the way. Moderna will be, quote unquote, FDA approved. But here's the key. There is no FDA approval on any of the Pfizer vaccines that are available at your Walgreens right down the street from your house. Those aren't approved. This is a labeling. This is literally fucking black magic. Okay. That's the best way I can put it. The FDA approved drug from Pfizer starts with a C. It's a vaccine. God, I forgot what it's called. It, it's, it's actually, I can't even pronounce it. So if I even have a read it to you, I couldn't even pronounce it. That product is not available anywhere. Okay. That that product is not available anywhere. Here's the why they don't want the FDA approval. They don't want the FDA approval, Pfizer, because then when they are FDA approved, that means they are liable for damages, for death, for side effects, all that stuff. They're liable for it. So you're never going to get access to the FDA approved Pfizer vaccine. That's never going to happen. It may later. But right now, it's not. So think about it like this. The Pfizer vaccine that's available at your Walgreens right now, and that will continue to be available, that vaccination is not approved by the FDA. That is under emergency use authorization. Why is it under emergency use authorization? Because there was no treatments for COVID-19 prior. But that's a lie. So the whole entire thing's a lie. See, because they needed all the legalese around it. Of course you could have ivermectin of course you have hydroxychloroquine colloidal silver is probably really good zinc vitamin c so many different treatments for covid 19 but they couldn't have it so the medical protocol kills people they jack up these numbers they vaccinate everybody just so you understand everybody understand this and i want you to come into a conclusion with it is a lot of people were hating on trump for bringing in the vaccines because we think it's terrible i mean again i would agree i don't think that vaccines are necessary and especially coronavirus vaccine it's never been necessary the flu shot at your grocery store it's it's always gonna have to change it's always new because they can't ever get the right mutation and you're never protected from the flu if, if, even if you get the flu shot this was general knowledge before COVID 19 the pandemic okay but look remember In the planning documents that I've been over with you many, many times, those of you who are just listening brand new, you got to go back to all that. I was telling you that they've been planning this from about over a decade, but really 2017 was when they started revamping up the Johns Hopkins University, the CDC, the WHO. I mean, everybody was kind of getting with the program because they were about to launch the program. And in this program that they've laid out, Trump was not a part of the program. He wasn't a predictable part in this pandemic that they were going to implement in the world. So Trump winning the election did kind of throw a wrench in the situation, but they decided to pre-launch. This is from the best analysis. I'm going to read another book on this, but they pre-launched the pandemic. Okay. Medical tyranny. Cause it's all, it's all going to come together. By the way, this is biomedic. This is a biomedical. This is, um, this is a tyranny like we've never seen before. It's all happening right now, right? It's all it's all interesting in the way it's all unfolding. Again, like I said, execution is different from planning. See, evil bad people can plan things all they want, and they do. I read their documents. I'm sitting here studying how they how they operate, but executing it is very, very difficult. It's it can be different at times. And so look, you have all of this. Trump, what he did was when he launched his operation warp speed. He basically, instead of just going with Pfizer, Moderna, the larger pharmaceutical companies at the time, instead of just saying, hey, what what, what do you have on this? And let's make a vaccine and let's just work with one company. That was what was supposed to happen, but that didn't happen. See, the way that Trump throws a kink at things is that he basically makes it a competition. And he says, well, why don't we just get everyone to compete for making the vaccine the fastest? The thing is that Pfizer and Moderna already had the patents for the, for the vaccine. They needed the, the scare tactics to be for at least eight months, six months to eight months to a year. They probably wanted to be under lockdown. Remember Dr. Fauci wanted it for two years, right? They said a vaccine wouldn't be available for two years. So I want you to think of all the medical tyranny that would have happened, right? So what happened with this competition was you had other vaccines available like the Johnson and Johnson you see, the Johnson & Johnson wasn't a part of the plan, okay? The Johnson & Johnson wasn't a part of the plan. So now that people are getting the Johnson and & Johnson and saying, I've been vaccinated, that's not a part of the plan. The elites planned for only mRNA. That's it. The, the kill shot and only the kill shot. That's what they wanted. So the Johnson & Johnson coming out of the vaccine was a bit odd. And for them to use a normal virus vector to be completely traditional in a vaccine even though it's not going to work, whatever, at least it's not mRNA and it's not these different technologies that we already know biochemically, by the way, will cause all this long-term damage. Okay. So I think with Trump, you know, being able to at least be there to execute a sort of widespread, at least a a general version of it, that is encouraging because at least that's something that I, 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 I'm thankful that people got the Johnson and Johnson Shot and instead of the mRNA, because a lot of people are just like vaccines are bad vaccines. Vaccines. I think a lot of people are confused about what's really the truth, and and and, and if we dive into each one, how are they different? Um, and so I would just say that if you or someone you know, if they got the Johnson and Johnson vaccine, from what I understand, the only side effects from that can possibly be lower immunity. Because remember, when you get a vaccine from a smallpox or or chickenpox or these other kind of viruses, those viruses. Are very unique and specific. So their strains are specific, meaning that their RNA is specific. So w- when you get a shot like a, a regular virus, this is their own interpretation of it, you're essentially creating an immune response in the body that will fight against a particular strain of that virus. And then you get learned immunity from the v- vaccine. Okay, great. It's a bit artificial. I wouldn't necessarily go with that matter now that I know that what I know. Uh, but it, it it works. It's real medical science. With a coronavirus vaccine, coronaviruses, they mutate so often. Again, like I said, the flu's different every year. It's a different mutation of it. So we kind of knew all that. That's why no coronavirus vaccine was never really approved uh, before. And so for them to go and get this all done, they knew this couldn't actually happen without an emergency authorization. And that's why they brought in the pandemic. So I think that, um, you know, People have to realize that there are, yes, the Johnson and Johnson, somebody's commenting there. It's it's still an issue. I I don't recommend anybody get a vaccine on COVID-19. It doesn't make any sense. Medically, it doesn't make any sense, especially for young and healthy people. Um, You still can transmit COVID-19 with or without the vaccination, all this kind of stuff, right? So all of it is just falling on its face. And again, I'm going to tell you this, especially those who just joined the Instagram, It is going to be the international community that's going to call the bluff. We already see it in Israel. We already see it in Japan. And then just look at China and Russia. They were never going to have an American made vaccine. They were never going to do that because that's, it's, it's just look, they look at it as a biological weapon. It's a, because at the end of the day, a vaccine is a biological agent, a foreign substance that is being injected directly into the bloodstream. That is not how the body is supposed to uh, supposed to handle things. And if I were their countries, I would also look at it as a threat. Do you get that now? Don't you understand? If Russia and China are looking at this vaccine as a threat, how can... Uh, I want you to re-download the way you look at it. How come you don't look at it as a threat? And the problem with America is that we are very trusting of medical establishment. We are very trusting of large pharmaceutical drug companies, okay? Because as Rockefeller did it himself, rebranding the education system with, with medicine, it is because of petroleum-based pharmaceutical drugs that we believe in this country in particular that pharmaceutical drugs are medicine, Okay. When pharmaceutical drugs on average are so toxic that you need – you always need more milligrams than recommended because the body is fighting to detoxify that pharmaceutical product. Most of them, by the way, I would say over 90% of pharmaceutical products, your body actually wants to detox them immediately and get rid of them as soon as possible. That's why when you you have to take a, a larger dose, they don't tell you that. They just give you a dose. I'm just telling you how pharmaceutical drugs work. So again, we are designed in this country to believe that a toxic substance that mimics chemical imbalances in nature is medicine. That's the core issue. Even more core is the education around medicine and how these Medical colleges that were teaching eclectic medicine and holistic medicine and naturopathic medicine in the 1800s were closed down in the 1910s and 1920s. They were all closed down, and all those who practiced holistic medicine were called quacks and they were called crazy and insane and witch doctors. They literally demonized natural methods of healing. This is where you get into reefer madness. In the 1930s where they had to get rid of cannabis because cannabis was already so readily available. They already had tinctures before your crazy cool cousin started working at the fucking dispensary wherever you live down the street. Or if you don't live in a state that has marijuana, your buddy who went to the the Colorado to start growing weed in, in some farm. You see... In the, in the 1800s, in the 1700s, we knew about marijuana. We knew about the, the ingestion of it, the smoking of it, the use of hemp, of hemp rope and different hemp paper, all that kind of stuff, right? So I'm just telling you that history, and when you, when you if you're a student of history, as myself, I'd call myself a student of history, when you start to realize why we are where we are, it's because certain elements of powerful forces and powerful influences have changed The way we think about particular things to where we can exist in a society today where you're arguing with people about whether you should or shouldn't take a biological agent that is not approved by anybody that you don't know the ingredients to truly because it's called a proprietary blend, even though they tell you they think it's an ingredient. So you have to inject this in your body and it became a thing where it's like, oh, let it be for the elderly, let it be for the vulnerable, and then again, they progressed it and they progressed it. And so I've been saying this from the beginning that it's not really necessarily about this vaccine and look, guys, the mRNA technology, from what I understand, this is going to kill people, has killed people already, but that's just whatever. That's like inconvenience compared to what we're about to see. I really do believe... From what I know, from what the the inventor of mRNA vaccines knows, um, from amazing virologists, and even now people internationally can see in this technology, is that people are going to die, and if they don't necessarily die in the next three to five years, they're going to be what we would call debilitated. They're going to become ill. You know, do you have a friend or, or anybody in your family that's what's called immune? compromised. Do you even know what that's like? I mean, recently I met somebody who had a son who was immune compromised. Her son is not allowed to leave the house. They're literally, she sanitizes the entire house. She has to like wash his hands, do all this stuff for him. She literally lives, he lives in a bubble. Okay. But she also lives with like literally like plastic gloves she, she told me this because she thought it was funny because she was wearing a mask and gloves and we were having a conversation. And, I was, and she was like, oh, this is normal for me. I was like, oh, why is that? She's like, my son is immune compromised, so I've, I've always lived with basically fear of viruses and stuff. Now, look, that's an unfortunate situation. But what's, what, what I understand about the mRNA technology in particular, not the Johnson & Johnson one, which has got his issues – but the mrna technology in particular is going to cause people to lower their immune system it's showing between 15 and 18% after the first shot and after the second you have you lose about 35% because what's happening with the mrna technology is it is essentially it's rewriting your immune response to only attack this one strain of covid-19 whatever the information in the rna that they inject into you that's what your immune system knows how to respond to. Here's the problem. Your immune system stops responding to real viruses that are what's called a. The, in the medical trials, they call it a wild virus. So it's a wild, meaning similar uh, family of virus, but it's a wild virus. So your body will end up getting inflamed, not knowing what to do because it only knows how to defeat one thing. That's like going into the NFL. That's like going to the Cowboys on the NFL team, okay, and literally convincing the the Cowboys to only run three different plays and convincing them that these three different plays are going to win you the championship. And then, of course, they go back into the next season. This is where we're going now, the next flu season. So now your football team, that inside your body, okay, they knew all these different, hundreds and hundreds of plays, and they knew how to beat it, and, and, and your body is incredible, by the way, fucking amazing, like, I can go all into that stuff, cellular, down to the, just everything about it, it's so beautiful, I podcasts about the body, if you want to listen to something called, um, listen to Ben Fuchs, there's a, there's, a, there's a, I, I got interviewed a pharmacist who talks about the biochemical breakdown of the body and the function of the body. So your body is this incredible thing. So now the Dallas Cowboys are going into the next season, they only know three plays. And their opponents are going to just run over them. You get what I'm saying now? That is what's going to happen in this fall and winter. From what I'm understanding, from what I understand, I mean I'm just I'm just a regular old person just spending hours reading stuff and and researching stuff and listening to stuff. And I'm taking things, I hear debates on these things. I hear different parts, different angles, perspectives. But from what I am un- gathering is you're going to have a lot of people that are going to be very debilitated. They're going to be what's called immune compromised. And if they're immune compromised, they have to basically live in a bubble. They have to basically live uh, under their means. So that that's kind of how I think about that in particular. And how do you prepare for something like that? You need good nutrition, okay? I'm a big advocate for longevity products. I take their nutrition, um the tangy tangerine, the pollen burst, collagen, colloidal silver. Um just all these different elements, these are important things to start taking care of yourself. People need to start thinking more offensively about their health and their wellness in general. They cannot be living in fear. And The fact that we have to argue with our family members – I mean my dad recently was just getting in contact with me and he was debating my cousin who is – I mean she's a committed – really she truly is committed to uh, what what you would call the leftist Marxist platform of of ideology. I would call the left today statist, uh, authoritarian because they're not liberal. Liberal is like Thomas Jefferson liberal. That's liberalism. You know what I mean? I've got George Washington, one of the founding fathers here. But true liberalism does not exist anymore in what we would call in America, the Democrat party. There's different parties in different parts of the world that are listening right now. And they have, they call it different. But look, my dad was in an, an argument with her and she was able, she was just so disconnected with, with, with the fact that she's talking to family. You know, she was just so triggered with things and just so disrespectful that I was surprised. And that's what I was telling him was I'm just like, wow, I'm actually stunned that you caught up with a family member and they were so disrespectful. And it was all about politics. And it was stuff that was completely unrehensible. I mean, the fact that you have a particular political party, but in general, you have a lot of people in politics or even just in positions of political power that want to implement medical tyranny. Uh, and then are implementing fiscal, financial, economic policies that are completely destructive to our everyday way of life. This is unbelievable. And it's, it's, uh, it's really uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? You can't – it's just unrecoverable. I mean the ideas that are being put forth that, that deal around our finances, that deal around our fiat currency – that deal around these biological weapons they are putting into our bodies, uh, that deal around uh, education and the children that are suffering right now because of the psychological attack on their, their livelihoods, okay? This is what I would consider an absolute insanity, okay? And I don't know about you, but when I'm seeing children masked up At a store or wherever they're at, especially outdoors, how is that okay? I mean, in any circumstance, actually in Texas law, it is illegal to mask a child. It is illegal. It is considered child abuse, okay? But when you do it for the health of the collective, it's okay. But the masks never worked in the first place. And so, again, we reemphasize medical tyranny a lot lately on this podcast because. It's freaking plaguing our everyday lives and it is disgusting what's happening to different people. And I think it's like, okay, you know, if they don't necessarily mandate this vaccine or, or, or do anything with it, then, then I'm fine. But at the end of the day, so many people have already gotten this mRNA technology injected inside of them that they are susceptible to a breakdown in society. Um, Look, there were people sick all over this country before COVID, and uh, I'm talking about in America. In America, people were already suffering with debilitating disease. Uh, The number one killer is heart disease. I think the number two is cancer. Um, I think the third one is lung disease or lung cancers. I mean, there's different cancers, but the point is, is it's like we were already diseased. We were already in existence with a failed medical model. And we, it, we we just so happen to fall into this medical tyranny. It, it's the weirdest thing. It's like, even if our, our our medicine that they provided us was astonishingly amazing and powerful, okay? It is still our own decision to make, whether we want to take a medication or not take a medication. I mean, you know, that's totally normal. If somebody wants to do shrooms and you're like super overwhelmingly convincing that they're going to be so good for them, dude, it's still their decision whether they want to do shrooms or not. You know what I mean? Like, okay, you want to awaken them. But again, are they, that, that's still their op, their, that's still their option, their option to get in and get on, get on or, or, or to not. Okay. So even if something is good for them, you have to make it optional. Anybody in sales knows this. That if you if you if you could force your way your product your service on somebody, it's never the same as consent. This this thing about consent feels so much better when you are selling a product. If anyone in sales knows what I'm talking about, when you sell a good product and you give it to, and it's sold and somebody buys it and they love it, you know, it's different for them. You know, in in sales, it's like you feel a really happy and fulfilled. When somebody consensually bought your product, they know the details, they know the, the, the bad and the good about your product, and they make that purchase with you. It feels really good, and you're like, wow, I really served that person something, and there was really something to gain from that situation, and there's a consensual um, relationship there. Whereas what we have with mass vaccinations is not a consensual situation at this point. When they're trying to make, like in California New York, everyday life impossible without a medical device or a medical biological agent being injected into somebody you know when you get down to that it's kind of like that you can just really tell that's that, that's a monopoly that's a forced coercion that doesn't feel right there's no sales process and there's not even a convincing process does that make any sense like of course they were going to roll it out to convince people at first, well, let's get the elderly taken care of. You know, they're vulnerable. and We got to get the vulnerable population. And so to society in general, everyone's like, yeah, you know what? I got to make sure that there's enough vaccines for like the older people to get theirs. And so that I don't get mine. It was all a marketing tactic. Because then later it was like, okay, now it's available for people over this age of 65. Okay, now it's available for over 50. That's a marketing ploy. You know, that's a business. And then now it's like it's available to everyone including 16-year-olds and we're – and the New York mayor's like on the fucking uh, CNN and he's like, and we're really trying to get this. We really – you know what the FDA, FDA just really needs to approve this for five years old and over. If we could just get that done, then we can get everyone vaccinated and we can get to life as normal. And so again, that guy, who knows what the fuck he even knows. He probably doesn't know shit. He probably has no idea there's any side effects or anything negative about it, but I bet you honestly the New York mayor in particular, De Blasio, probably does know that it's a fucking nefarious thing. It's nefarious activity. It's negative. It's not good. It's 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 a it's it's clearly something negative, clearly. Um, and so you get to that point where it was salesy at first. Oh, we're marketing this. Oh, it's getting rolled out. So now it's like, okay, we got about you know 55 percent. 50 to 55% of the adult population in America vaccinated by convincing them it was the right thing to do. So now we just need to move into forcing it. And so this is what's happening now in uh, places like Australia, um, where you have a very low vaccine turnout. So you about 25% people are vaccinated and they don't necessarily care for the vaccine. Again, think about it guys. It's a, it's another country dumping a biological agent Onto your citizens in your country, and you're supposed to be taking something that is not approved in the fucking country of origin. Think about that. So aussies aren't taking it, they're at 25%, but yet the lockdowns are increasing over there. And and they're they're locking everybody down saying, Oh, we're gonna do 70%. So what i what I mean also by the planners planning things and then the execution of it being sloppy. There are politicians right now in Australia that are really tripping because they're like, wait, why isn't everybody taking this thing that we convinced them was good for them? Now we're trying to lock everything down that we told them if they get it, that we will open back up and they're not getting it. And so now it's like you could just tell that there's almost a gun to their head at these politicians in, in Australia. You can just look at their press conferences and different aspects of the elements of the Australian government right now. Clearly, the Australian government, just like Biden is not running the White House, they're not running the uh, the Aussies. I mean, they're not even running any part of their government either. You could just tell that they almost are being run by somebody else, right, or ulterior motives. And, you know, the people are kind of rising up there. Well, they're rising up in a big way, and they're making headway. And there's different – there's now policy changes going on there because people are just refusing to acquiesce. And I don't blame them. Obviously, I am uh, applauding these people doing that, and you see other nations across the world; they're all implementing this thing. And I think what this does in general is it sets a precedent for medical tyranny and other forms of tyranny, like financial tyranny, uh, tyranny that revolves around commerce. Uh, I would say commercial and and as, a commercial access to the markets, you know, these are going to be things that people are going to be dealing with. Now is the idea that you cannot live a normal life without acquiescing and submitting to some part of a system of tyranny that is so wide ranging, so powerful that it's convinced the the, the, wide ranging part of the public that it's good for them. So, Look, I mean, this is this is kind of where we're at, and um, you know, I've had some people popping on, on the Instagram, which I appreciate you guys tuning in. And for those listening on the podcast, it's like uh, there's so much that's happening now and unfolding, and you can just see that the demise of of the United States, in particular, you know, this country is undergoing um, humiliating defeat in Afghanistan on purpose. Um, And I think that that purpose of that humiliating defeat is because the world is being reorganized to a Asian Pacific domination, especially in China. And that the Chinese are going to start to run places like Afghanistan and they're going to start to play a larger role in the world. And what's really unfortunate is that the globalists decided that China was going to become the economic engine because even the economic prosperity that's available there, it's only really available to the party members of the communist party of China. And so globalists were able to trust that the Chinese weren't going to get uppity with financial and economic power. The U S however, does have the world reserve currency being the U S dollar but even that is going to make a, a very difficult transition, I believe, in the next five years. And that's going to be a really scary place to be for Americans if we ever get uh, lose our status as the world reserve currency. But really, what they made America was this military powerhouse. And this is after World War II because, you know, World War II, America, we were literally pumping out M1 Abrams tanks out of Chevrolet factories So we had a massive military uh, apparatus that was unstoppable and unbeatable. And so our military prowess was what actually got us to the Bretton Woods, which was the economic um, agreement to make the U.S. dollar the world's reserve currency. So – America was decided that they, America, was going to be the police force of the world and was going to be the military power of the globalist apparatus, the globalist control system. And so what we've seen now is that Trump came in and actually pulled us out of Afghanistan when that was also, once again, not a part of the cards. Because the CIA is pulling out all the opium, which is the number one export out of Afghanistan and whoever owns the opium is all is making all the money and that was the Taliban during the 90s and even during the black market to this day they sell opium right to different pharmaceutical companies believe it or not and so I think the American presence there was so we can get control over the poppy that was being grown there but more importantly um the rare earth minerals like rubies and iron and copper and gold and silver uh, and silicon, which is used in phones that we are that I'm live on right now, okay. These were things, and th- these were things that were valuable in Afghanistan that we never touched. China was already mining there, and I went into this in the podcast: the Chinese connection with the uh, the Afghanistan landmass and the bo- the border with Afghanistan, all these different elements that China was relying upon when it comes to their economic development there, and so. Going back to the point I made about America being the police force and then China being the manufacturing power base of the, of the economy, of the world economy, right? Well, China obviously has their own agenda. And so because they have an economic prowess, whereas we had a military prowess, the Chinese are using the economic prowess, the economic uh, uh, productivity and the economic uh, leverage that they currently have. To influence other nations that are bordering, that are neighboring them, but also other nations, including America and Canada and Mexico and, and South America, they are utilizing economic policies where Trump, when he got in office, he did the same exact thing. He renegotiated the trade deal with Canada and with Mexico to reposition America into an economic powerhouse as well as a military powerhouse. And that's why he was taken out because that was not a part of the plans. That is going against what the globalists wanted. They don't want anything manufactured or made in America, even though that's what made America great. That's what made America very, very powerful. But Again, Bretton Woods, after World War II, Europe is destroyed. Those European powers were so powerful. China was completely obliterated. It wasn't until Mao Zedong came into power, which was do- done by the CIA, which was done by... Um, what was it? Which Rockefeller? I forgot which Rockefeller, but the Rockefeller that was alive during that time. And, you know, we come down to the aspects that we've built up China and now we're watching Afghanistan fall. And now Afghanistan, the Taliban literally meeting with China in July, they've made their alignments. They've made their agreements with China that China is going to continue to mine the rare earth minerals out of there. And here's what's most important. And those of you listening now, the podcast that did not listen to my Afghanistan podcast, and somehow, someway, you're listening this far in this podcast, I will tell you something. There's a bill in Congress right now. They call it infrastructure. It is requiring all cars in America to be electric by 2030. Here's the thing with that. You may think, oh my gosh, yeah, that's great. We need all to be electric. No. Here's the problem. Number one, America has more oil in Texas than all of Russia. So when you just try to get rid of this idea of gasoline powered cars, which, again, I'm, I'm a fan of new technology, but when you just try to burn your house down before your new house is built, that's called being retarded, okay? That's a very simple way of putting it. Here's the second issue with this idea of battery powered cars only in America. Think about this. America does not mine lithium. Lithium is what goes into your fucking batteries. Remember lithium batteries? You ever been marketed that? Lithium batteries, all that stuff? So lithium is a mineral, one of the rare earth minerals actually, in Afghanistan. Okay. So why just tell me, Oh, 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 I want you to guess real quick. How much of the global market share does America have in lithium, the very element needed to make electric cars possible? Guess how much control of a global market we have in America. If you guessed less than 5%, you'd be right. It's 2%. So you're telling me, I just want to just look at it as a a national security perspective here. You're telling me that we should be all battery powered and electric cars, which is, well, I'm going to tell you right now, it's going to be a class warfare thing if this actually happens. This is what they're going to try to do. But you're telling me we should all be electric cars when strategically our adversary, because guess what? China owns electricity guess how much of the global market share of lithium and other rare earth minerals? 80%, 80%. So what this infrastructure bill in America is essentially is a surrender economically, politically and militarily to China. Okay. They're not telling you that. Also, if really we had electric cars, electric cars, would be so expensive because obviously they would have a monopoly. Think about it. Electric cars are only affordable today because the majority of cars are oil-powered cars. It's a free market. So electric cars have to compete fairly. And if they're less expensive or about about the same, but they save you on gas and you can do electric, fine, whatever, get your coal-powered car, that's fine with me, right? But here's the problem if they become a monopoly where there's only electric cars in the future in America and then we don't have access to lithium and China squeezes us at any point in time economically, we're basically going to have a shortage of cars. We're not going to have any cars at all. Cars are going to be considered a luxury in America. If this actually happens because of the geopolitical control. Now they won't ever say that. They'll be like, Oh my gosh, China's doing it. It's China's fault. But it's like, no, it's your fault, dumbasses. You made a bill where you put government oversight over the car industry and said you need to only make one particular powered car. Am I a fan of electric cars in general? Absolutely. Do I believe that we should get off oil-powered cars and be completely electric, which is coal-powered, by the way? Coal-powered? Fossil fuels? No, I don't think that at all. I think that's stupid. Okay? It would be economic suicide. And this is what people have to understand about that. So now you're connecting dots. So with Afghanistan falling out of American hands, it's not just American hands. It's the Western powers. You see Europe and European mining companies, European um, energy companies were out in Afghanistan getting all kinds of contracts, dealing deals with tribes and yeah, sure, building a democracy there, all this stuff. But the problem is that, look, there's all these companies that were uh, that were profiting from taking all these rare earth minerals out. Essentially, what we're experiencing in a place like Afghanistan is a modern day colonialism. And this is the new way of colonialism. It's it's called building a democracy where really you're essentially you're building something that wasn't there in the first place. And the people there, especially like in Afghanistan, very tribal, you know, they have their own agreements. And look, I mean, American soldiers would famously tell these stories about how they would actually be there in some tribal area or in a village and there would be rubies just, just sticking out of the mountainside, you know, probably like tens of thousands of dollars of wealth and these people would just be herding their goats in the village and they just they could care less about that ruby sticking out in the mountain. They have no idea in many cases the connection with that mineral, that, that ruby, that jewel is what it is, could be worth so much money on the world market right and so it's it's countries like these western powers especially uh and and of course now we know China's doing the same thing in a big way in their own colonialism called the belt and road initiative so no one here is uh, without guilt but it's like we go into these countries for the purpose of taking natural resources because it's like hey we're convincing them that this could make them a lot of money but is it really what's best for that country? Is it really what's best for that native those native people? You know, that's up for debate. And so now in Kabul, for example, you went from a, a city that had about six hundred thousand people when when we invaded in uh, in uh, in two thousand one, to now Kabul has four million people. In many cases, a lot of the politicians and the people that were in positions of power there and also in corporations there were Western educated, meaning we had Afghans coming to Yale and Princeton and and New York University and Washington University getting educated in America, getting educated in Oxford, London, you know, getting educated all throughout Europe. And then we put them back into that country. And then they're like, okay, we're, we're we've, you're now westernized, you're westernly educated, and you're now going to reproduce a democracy here. So we breathe demo- democracy, we breathe life into these countries, but we're doing it in our way so we can organize it. Here's the worst part about it. America in particular, because we're the fiat currency of the world, and because we can print endless money, and because you have people in a military-industrial complex like Raytheon, and you have um, Boeing and Lockheed Martin and other weapons manufacturers. Look, they were making all the money out of there. And it was our tax dollars that were being spent there. And this all has to be paid back, by the way. And you have Japanese banks and Chinese banks buying government uh, bonds, the treasury bonds, that we're putting out there. So it's not just the Federal Reserve printing all this money, but it's also the, the Chinese the Japanese and, and even is Israel, in many cases, they're buying up our debt. So we are not only just owing money to the, to the Federal Reserve, which is privately owned, by the way, um, but we, all, we also owe money to China. We are literally indebted. Anybody knows, have you ever been in debt before? You're probably in debt right now. How does it feel to be in debt? You're indebted to somebody. You have credit that you use that you have to pay back. This is how America has been established. And so the worst part of the Afghanistan situation is that America never got any of the resources out of there. There were undercover CIA operations that were moving opium out of there. And the CIA is the largest drug trading organization in the world. This is, you got Pablo Escobar involved. You got a lot of Colombian cartels, Mexican cartels. You know, the CIA has been involved in a lot of that stuff. We can get into that another time, which I've gotten into my podcast before. But you have the only element of success there is the opium that we're getting from these tribes that were there and the taliban were just pissed because they wanted control over that production and that's how they made their money and the worst part of this whole crisis is that america was not getting any of the natural resources why this is the thing about trump that i that i appreciated you know, he was like, why don't, if you're going to be in Iraq and you're going to, you know, rebuild democracy there, you're going to take out Saddam Hussein, quote unquote, all this stuff. That's a whole nother story. But he said something very specific on a campaign trail in 2015. He said, why don't you just take the oil? Which you just take the oil. And he, what he meant is like, be compensated for your work. The military just spent all this money there and we overturned God knows what. Why don't we just take the oil? Why don't we just get a little bit of payment? in return for being there and building their democracy. My question to the military apparatus and the political elite in this country is, why the hell weren't we at least having American-backed companies and NGOs go there and extract natural resources? Why is it that on one side of the mountainside, you have... Chinese companies extracting minerals and and rare earth minerals that are valuable, extremely valuable. Over a trillion dollars worth, by the way, that is available in Afghanistan, to give you an idea. Why couldn't we take some effort to try to extract those natural resources to do a payment, a repayment of building their country up? I bet you if we negotiated some kind of deal, the Afghans would be happy to do that. Okay, cool. We're going to leave um, you know, this is what I would do if I were president, but it's like, we're going to leave this country. We're going to make sure that the, the gang, because the Taliban without a better explanation is like a mafia in that country. The mafia was running underground drugs and underground sex prostitution, uh, and even alcohol distribution. But when during the prohibition era, you know, that was happening in this country in America. And there was a, the, the likes of Of a Microsoft, like, that's what the five families were, the five large Italian families in the mob. They were as large as a Microsoft. Think about that. Billions of dollars worth of of, of value. The Taliban is no different. The Taliban is essentially a mafia gang that exists in Afghanistan, but they are driven, obviously, by their religion, of course. You know, and so with the idea that the Taliban being there the way they were, they were just trying to control that same production. But look you make an agreement, if I were president, you make an agreement with that government that we educated, that we put in power. Again, we're already there. It's already happened. So it's not like, I'm just saying, this is how it's already been. I wouldn't have gone in in the first place. Okay. Um, but it's like, okay, let's make a deal. Afghans, here are all these weapons. We've trained this military and we're going to leave, but we're going to leave in a limited fashion and we'll always protect you. But here's the, here's the deal. We spent 20 years here. We had people die. We had people do all that make the ultimate sacrifice and we spent all this money here. Here's the budget. Here's what, you know, uh, here's what you owe us basically for being there, for defeating the Taliban, for restoring democracy in your country, blah, 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 blah. Okay. I would say, look, if you want to keep your democracy and you want to keep this country the way it is, then you're going to obviously need protection and you're obviously going to need, you know, some value or assets in exchange. So I would say, why don't you take some rare earth minerals, get some American backed companies that were taking a tariff or a tax that were put back into the treasury of the United States to pay back the bonds, to pay back all the money that we spent in Afghanistan. You see, our political elite are so disconnected from business and so disconnected from even paying back the debt, paying down the debt at all, that they just continue to print the money. So there is no economic strategy as a nation to get this money back or pay it back. We are essentially going to default on this financial system in America. And it's going to collapse like dominoes the rest of the Western world. And China is already preparing for that. They want that to happen, but not yet. Because they're still utilizing parts of America that they still need up and running. Uh, Because China does need America as much as we need China. This is very sad because we don't necessarily need China, but we have China. And China's got a lot of control over us right now. you know. So this is essentially the existence that we're in now. And so medical tyranny, like I mentioned, is not in China. So we have this medical tyranny happening here and we have people bitching about a vaccine and whether we should be taking it or not when we already know it's bad for us. I mean, the people who actually do real, real research, not just like the handful of scientists that they put on TV. Seriously, there is a, only a handful of scientists and doctors that are on TV saying that this shit is totally legit. Fucking the majority of scientists and doctors, when you speak to them privately, they're actually being the ones like, no, actually, at this point, I believed in this, I believed in that, but now I'm a, I'm, a, I'm having a difference of opinion now. People are changing their ways and they're waking up to realize that this was never going to be about getting a vaccine to people to help save people's lives. When, because it's a, it's a very common question because I'm taking 30,000 feet up, When has our medical establishment in this country ever been dedicated to saving lives for at least a hundred years, Rockefeller medicine, 1910. So I got a book right here. Y'all should all read. Okay. It's called Rockefeller medicine men. Okay. So again, it's the history of our medicine. So, so, but, but this is for over a hundred years. It's not like the medical, it's not like these aren't like herbalists, who are on TV, who love plants and love the natural immune system so much telling you how good these vaccines are. No, the same ilk, the same, the same inkling of people come from a medical establishment that is dedicated to illness and disease and to the prolonging of your illness and disease because of big pharma coming in. They say big pharma in a simple way. You get medicated and then medicated to therefore get into surgery. That is our medical system today. Why the fuck would they change their method of operation in a, in a time for just for a virus? They never would because the allopathic med- medical model in general is designed for death. It is designed for a healthcare system that's already broken. Here's the good news. We have access to supplementation. We have access, while we still can, to legal medications and things that are actually effective not just against COVID, but just to keep us healthy in general, to actually help us live an optimum life, right? Because, like I mentioned before, there was a pandemic, you know, of uh, uh, before COVID nineteen was a thing, right? The pandemic was of heart disease and, and a lot of death and illness. So, look, the good news is that we are we have access in this country to supplements. We have access to to things that are healthy. We have access to fresh air. In some cases, not all cases, but we have access to good things that are going to keep us healthy to keep us well. This is what people need to focus on is the idea that we already won. We have victory. Don't you understand now? Don't you get government run healthcare? Do you understand it now, Mr. Krabs? Can you feel it now, Mr. Krabs? That's how I feel when I'm asking people about government run healthcare. You see, if We had a government-run healthcare, which was a big thing in Obama's term. If we had that done in 2009, 2010, and let's just say that the government had full control over medicine in this country where there were no private doctors and there were no private hospitals, that every element of medicine was government-run, imagine that catastrophe during COVID. You get it now? That would have been awful. So to sit here and try to say that Medicare for all or any of it, it's a lie. I've never said it, not just because, oh, it's going to cost too much. No, no, no. Screw all that for a second. The medical system that the government wants to provide you for free is broken and is dedicated to making you ill is dedicated to bankrupting you. Okay. Yeah. The medical model today is very, very expensive, but the more and more they try to make it a monopoly, the more and more expensive it's going to be. Whereas alternative treatments and alternative medicines have always, this has been my fight for a very long time. They're always cheaper and more effective than anything at an allopathic medical model that doesn't deal with surgeries and trauma because there are elements of allopathic medicine that you must retain in a society, it's not like we're getting rid of that. I don't think we should get rid of any of it, but there are are elements of medicine and medical literature and medical knowledge that is important for society to have and to try and alienate that and then to have it government run, this is the awful part, to have it government run would create a monopoly system because that's what government run means. Government run, people hate capitalism for some reason, government run means it's a monopoly. People don't necessarily hate capitalism. We just hate monopolies. We don't like when companies or corporations get a massive market share on a particular industry. Google has 98% of the market share of the search engines. That's a a monopoly. See what I'm saying? We don't want that. Free market would be, hey, go to DuckDuckGo. So we don't have government-run healthcare. That is a success in America because if we did, it would be even worse. So there are really things I'm just telling you right now, this has been over a decade, probably about a decade and a half of planning going into, uh, there were certain elements that had to be in place like government run healthcare, the vaccines being just, you know, Pfizer, you know, that's it. And Moderna, those were the supposed to be the only ones. Okay. Just so you know. So it's like there were certain plans that have been disrupted along the way but they released COVID-19 thinking that they could successfully get this done and actually get everybody on board with the medical tyranny, but it's not really working. And and what's happening is like, yes, they had us in 2020, 2021, the vaccine. It seems like they're getting mandates through. There it seems like there's some powerlessness there, but we have a lot of local governments and we have a lot of things and in, in statewide in America, at least uh, fighting back, you know, saying, no, this is medical tyranny. We're not going to have it. So, Nobody's on the same page with this. And that's the best news, is that there's a debate happening. The best news is that there is a dialogue. The best news is that there are arguments about this. Because if there weren't, there would be too much conformity. And conformity leads to our death in terms of intellectualism, in terms of individualism, in all our different ways. So, you know, there's a lot of uh, bleak things to look at There's a reorganization of the economy with this Afghanistan collapse and China moving in, Russia moving in. And also the humiliation in America is also going to lead to uh, the Chinese invasion possible possibility uh, of Taiwan. So there are elements and there are uh, well, yes, there are elements of a chessboard on the world stage that are being moved around right now. And Americans need to understand that we cannot just live willy nilly around this stuff. We have to really wake up, and the first thing we got to do is get rid of the medical tyranny, and just you know, get past that because that is so that is bogging us down. It is bogging us down. So we have to get past that. Stop with that bullshit. And honestly, the uh, political dialogue in this country is so far out of control. They're 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 not speaking on the real issues. That's been my thing with politics. Is you know. Like I said earlier in the podcast, my dad calls me, tells me about my cousin that's arguing with him about politics, and I'm like, for somebody who my cousin is, for somebody as passionate as they say they are about politics, they still don't know what the fuck is going on. These people, even if they're passionate about it, they still don't know. I would say the same thing about conservatives. There are certain pages I'll follow on Instagram, or just people I'll hear somewhere, and they're just... Everything is just mainstream and your, your outrage is is always going to be whatever they say it is for the day. So if you're hating on D- Joe Biden for some reason, you're fucking way off the mark. I'm just giving you a hint. Okay. The, 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 the powers that be that are controlling him and that are controlling the world stage, they don't care that you fucking hate Biden, that you're making a fucking TikTok about Biden. They don't give a fuck. They put these political people in power. And so, well, and again, that's not to say it's hopeless because I'd like to think the way I've looked at the Trump years for the four years is that Trump was not a part of their plans. Did he go along with some of their things? Did he do some things that lined up with what they wanted? Absolutely. You have an, you have an, you have a bureaucracy that's in power. Look at Fauci. Fauci, the, 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 the problem isn't even in many cases, It's not even our government politicians in particular. It's these bureaucrats that have been in power regardless of what political affiliation they've had or what political party has been in power. They've been in their position for longer than God knows how long, right? In particular, Dr. Fauci, 40 plus years, 40 plus years at the position that he's at. I mean, that is incredible. So in many ways, When we get an executive in power, which the executive branch is way too overpowered to begin with right now. But if we get an executive in power, we want this executive to fire fucking the top brass. Like the military that's in charge of the Afghanistan issue right now, every single general, maybe even five-star to about the two-star or three-star level, honestly should be fucking fired. And... There's a lot that I could say about that. There's a lot I could say about militarily what could happen in Afghanistan that could be different. That could easily turn the tide. And by the way, there are secret operations happening with American citizens who were special forces or or Green Berets or d- different elements of our military that are conducting missions in Afghanistan to save American lives right now. They're working, they're not working with the military, but they're working aside with them. They're working in terms of having, uh, communications with them, but these people are on their own dime, paying their own money to get people out of Afghanistan. I mean, this is what the American people are built on. So it's very powerful what's happening there. But again, like I said, the overall gist of it is that is a reorganization of that economy. And I'm going to tell you right now, the next thing that's going to drop is countries like Israel is countries like Japan, which they're already doing, um, Yeah, Tim Kennedy, exactly. Tim Kennedy's a big... That guy's doing a lot of work there. But there are elements now that are going to have international outrage, and it's going to deal, not with necessarily medical tyranny in particular, it's going to deal directly with the vaccines. That's the next thing that's going to drop. The vaccinations are the bioweapon. And when nations like Israel, who have dealt with Holocaust-style things, not the country of Israel, of course, but Jews in general... They have a heightened skepticism of these kinds of things, like a biological agent being injected into you. So you're going to see people like in Israel, you're going to see the people in South Korea and Japan and places in Europe, obviously the French, Uh, the French are like this, this like exquisite and smart, intelligent, high IQ Europeans. They, they pride themselves on intellect. And that's why a lot of them aren't taking the American made biological pharmaceutical product. And so With all this kind of happening now, there's going to be an international outrage. Now, American media will, may, will not cover it. I'm going to say will not because they probably won't. They won't cover what's going to be done. But I believe there will be sanctions. And I believe that Pfizer, really Pfizer and Moderna, and then of course those investors like Bill Gates and Dr. Fauci, by the way, and there's other elements that are in power there. I believe that they should be put on international court uh, and put on trial. This is what should happen. And you're going to see nations call for that. Don't just think that this is, this world tyranny is going to fucking go by. Cause it's not, I'm telling you right now, it's not going to happen because you need everyone to agree. And with everybody changing their tune, it's going to be changing big time in terms of each individual country. So it's all going to be different. So this is all kind of wanted to share with you guys today. I think that that's kind of a wrap on, uh, on this current events update, I guess you could call it. And if you're on the Instagram, I love you and I appreciate you tuning in. And then of course on the podcast, we've got different elements of you guys tuning in. And if you're listening to this this far, hour and 20 minutes in, you're definitely my hardcore listeners and I just appreciate you guys. I appreciate y'all hearing me rant. This was not a prepared podcast or show. Uh, this was just me covering some topics and kind of bouncing back and forth with you guys. I hope you appreciate it. And um, yeah, I just I just want this uh, to get that turnaround. But if you're listening this far, definitely reach out to me on social media or elsewhere and just get in touch and let me know what you think about all this and the craziness going on. I'd love to hear from you. You guys have a great rest of your evening or day. Peace.